0: Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. We've been looking the last couple episodes at Psalm 106, before that Psalm 105, and one of the things that you notice, maybe you didn't notice, I don't know, but we we mentioned it, is this idea that a lot of the dysfunction in our lives comes from not remembering, just forgetting the story that our life is in, forgetting God. It's almost as if we have this tendency to have the focus of our lives hijacked By some reality that forgets the bigger reality that our life is in. And when we do that, that's when we have this dysfunction that messes up our lives. We saw this in Psalm 106, several places where it says in verse seven, our fathers have sinned, we've sinned, our fathers have sinned, we've committed iniquity and done wickedness. Uh, That was verse six. And it says, we did not reconsider, not remember is actually the Hebrew. They did not remember your wondrous works. Just remembering the things that we already know is like 70% of what it means to live the Christian life. It says also in in verse 7, continuing, they did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love. Verse 11, they soon forgot God's works. Verse 21, they forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works, Verse 45, for their sake, God remembered his covenant. So this contrast between his people sinning because they forgot the abundance of his steadfast love, they forgot what he had done for them, and contrast that, but God remembered his covenant. He relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. Now, one of the things we see all throughout these prophetic wisdom literature poems in the Bible, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Psalms, is this idea of forgetting versus remembering. And I really think that resonates with my life. I mean, I, I, I really do think a lot of the dysfunction comes in my life when I forget what I know. I forget to remember what I already know. And I think of this passage in Mark chapter 8, it's one of these passages after Jesus had fed 5,000 people, 4,000 people. And it says, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread. In Mark chapter 8, verse 14, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see, and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, Seven. He said to them, Do you still not understand? Now, I I imagine this dumbfounded look on Jesus's face. I mean, I don't think of Jesus as a person who was much different than you and I when we're going through life. Our face expresses our emotions. When we're surprised by something, it it shows up on our faces. And I think of Jesus having a face like that, kind of like, really? After all you've seen happen, I fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish? and you picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, and then I did it again, and you picked up seven baskets of leftovers, and you think I'm concerned about not having enough bread? Now, these are the disciples who have been with Jesus and seen lots of miracles, lots of works, wondrous works that he had been doing. And I think the disciples were not dumber than me. I think that they were probably very much more insightful than I am when it comes to spiritual realities. They were living their lives every day with Jesus after all. So if they're having this problem that's exasperating Jesus, I don't think somehow that I wouldn't be in the same boat so to speak. This is an example, I think, of our all too common dilemma of forgetting to remember, my too often common dilemma, of forgetting to remember which story the real drama in my life is taking place. See, Jesus is warning them about the faith-destroying, gospel-distorting lure of political power. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They're going to try to lure you into acquiescence because of political power, and that's going to destroy your faith ultimately. It's going to distort the gospel ultimately. And they thought he was concerned that they forgot to remember the bread. Of course, bread matters in life, and it matters on a journey that that's not irrelevant. It's not unimportant. But if Jesus is warning you about something, it's probably not that you don't have enough bread. And I always kind of wonder, if is Jesus being too harsh here? Is he overreacting, being too hardcore? Because it seems innocent enough of a confusion. He did talk about yeast, and they did forget the bread, or at least enough bread. So why such a serious rebuke from Jesus? Let's read it again. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? There are lots of places in the Bible where it seems like Jesus has a harsh response to something the disciples said or did or didn't do or didn't say or whatever. And I think when Jesus seems too harsh to us as we read these stories, it's probably because we're being too dull toward him. That's what I think. Their concern was that they forgot the bread, but Jesus knew what they really forgot was the bigger story because of who Jesus is. They'd been with Jesus. They'd seen these miracles. They'd heard him talk, and they were being dull to the real story that their life was in, the real bigger story because of who Jesus is. Their dull heart toward who Jesus really is based on what they've already seen kept them from seeing and hearing and understanding and remembering a far greater reality. Both Matthew and Mark include this story in their gospel accounts because they believed their readers, like you and me, needed to wrestle with Jesus' rebuke too. This wasn't just Jesus talking to the disciples about bread in this boat. You and I should see ourselves in this story in some way, getting too focused on the smaller story while forgetting to remember the bigger story that really matters most. Remember, Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Then he says in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Remember that famous quote by C.S. Lewis, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. It's kind of what Jesus is saying here. Heaven not being a place that we go when we die, but being this kingdom that is coming back to earth and all the, what that means for our lives and all that that means for our future and this eternal story that our life is in. Often, our negative emotions, our anxiety, worry, fear, jealousy, envy, our anger, our resentment, just our general unhappiness and discontentment in life, and a thousand other things that mess up our lives are really about forgetting to remember the real story, the real drama, the bigger story that matters most. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? Jesus is saying that our forgetting to remember is not a dullness of memory issue, but a dullness of heart issue. Our dullness of heart would rather talk about more bread, would rather talk about sports or politics or celebrities or vacations or the kids. All those things are fine, but to rather talk about those because our, we're dull to where the real drama is. We, we talk about those, but we don't talk about the kingdom of God. We don't talk about who Jesus is. We don't talk about the real drama our life is in. And what happens is, therefore, even our smaller stories about sports and politics and celebrities and vacations and kids and all that, they get off track when our bigger story is off. So instead of seeing Jesus as the ultimate bread maker, we instead fear and worry that we won't have enough of that. Or we get angry and resentful toward people who keep us from having enough bread, quote unquote, instead of remembering to have enough Jesus. God tells us through the Old Testament prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 51, verse 12, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals, human beings who are but grass, that you forget The Lord, the I am, your maker, who stretches out the heavens and who lays the foundation of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day. Now, maybe constant terror is too strong of a word for our fears and our worries and our anxieties and our discontentments and our anger and our resentments, but you get the point maybe we have this low-grade anxiety and worry and anger and resentment kind of on the back burner always in our encounters with people, our relationships, just our mentality throughout the day. But the bigger story to remember is that the I am, our maker, The one who created and sustains every molecule in this entire universe is a far more glorious drama to live for than what any mere mortal can offer us. Get the bigger story right, get that story right, and the smaller story takes its proper place. So now when we go back to Psalm 106 and we think about the sins that this psalmist is confessing in himself and his community and even his ancestors, he says, we and our fathers have sinned and we have committed iniquity and we have done wickedness. Our fathers Did not remember your wondrous works. We think about this and we just, now we start to think through how am I not remembering God's wondrous works? I like what Tim Keller tweeted the other day. If Jesus was really bodily raised from the dead according to the scriptures, then evil and injustice will be vanquished forever and death and suffering banished forever. Everything will be all right. So this is something I think we have to remember, not to forget, to remember that because God became human in the person of Jesus and all that that means in God's commitment for us, God's commitment to us, If God really did become human in the person of Jesus and died on the cross, and all that that means for what God is doing to get rid of evil in our lives, to get rid of the corruption in our lives, and to break through the other side of death and to destroy death forever, this death that has kept us from experiencing this wondrous world that God created us to live in. God has destroyed death. He's destroyed the dust and the thorns and the thistles, and He has broken through the other side side. He has risen from the dead, and that has begun a new creation. This bodily being raised from the dead, according to this story of the Bible, the witness of the apostles, it really does mean that your life is in this bigger story, and that evil and injustice will be vanquished forever, and that death and suffering will be banished forever, that everything will be made new. It's the words of Jesus in Revelation at the end Behold, I am made. Making all things new, that that is really going to happen in your life and to see your life in this bigger story, that everything matters because it matters in that bigger story. You might be not having enough bread, but the bread maker is the real story. And so we pray, God, I want to remember that my life is in this bigger story, that you became human in the person of Jesus you took all of my sin upon the body, upon the person of Jesus on the cross. You killed my sin. You destroyed death forever. You have set me free from the shackles and the bonds and the slavery to sin and death, and you have risen from the dead, and the power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in me by your Holy Spirit. And I remember your wondrous works, and I remember the story that my life is in. Instead of getting focused on having enough bread or not having enough bread and letting that rule my emotions and rule my relationships and rule my day, I I now remember this bigger story and I remember the abundance of your steadfast love. Romans 5.8 says that you have demonstrated your own love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so I remember the abundance of your steadfast love for me. I remember all the works in Jesus on my behalf that you have done for me. I remember God is my savior. God is my righteousness. God is my life. God is my comfort. God is my belonging. God is my security. And I don't wanna go through life seeing but not seeing and hearing but not hearing and not understanding what all of this means for every moment of my life. I can live now in the beauty and the glory of your kingdom. Because Jesus has already come and he's already risen from the dead. And so the kingdom of God by your Holy Spirit is already present in me and wants to use me to bring the kingdom in other people's lives. I don't wanna forget that's the real story my life is in. Oh God, I pray that you would empower me by your Holy Spirit to live redemptively, to love and to have joy and to have gratitude instead of anxiety and anger and resentment and envy and jealousy. All of those things happen because I'm forgetting to remember who Jesus really is and all that you are for me in Christ and this incredible story that you have brought me in because of who Jesus is. And so I don't have to live a life of low-grade anger and resentment and unforgiveness and worry and anxiety. I don't have to worry about not having enough bread because I live with the bread maker. I live with the bread of life in me. The one who sustains every molecule in this entire universe has brought me into this bigger story and has given me your abundant, steadfast love. And I can live in joy and I can live in gratitude and I can live with love because I know that I am loved. I can remember who Jesus really is and what that means for my life right now, even without having enough bread in my boat. I can remember your wondrous works and what that means for my life right now. Even if somebody stole my bread, I don't have to have resentment and anger and unforgiveness because I have the bread of life in me. You are making all things new and you have already begun the new creation by your resurrection and I'm going to have a resurrection on a resurrected world and I can have that as my hope and I can have that as my joy and I can have gratitude for everything in my life because that is the far greater wealth the far greater story the far greater inheritance the far greater bread I can let go of anger I can let go of resentment I can let go of unforgiveness I can sigh a big breath of relief at anxiety and worry. I can loosen the shackles and chains of envy and jealousy and discontentment. Those are all because I'm focused with a hardened heart on the smaller story, and I'm forgetting to see and to hear and to understand everything in the context of the real drama and the real story. But I lift up my eyes and I contemplate your glory. And your Holy Spirit is transforming me from one degree of glory to another. And I know that you are for me because you have come for me in the body and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And this is the story that you have called me in, summoned me to, filled my life with, and I rejoice in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life